You are now listening to the Unstucked Podcast, where we teach you actionable steps to get unstuck in your life, career, finances, and business. Here's your host, Khalil Dumas. exciting news. I built an app. I know, right? Crazy. It's called the one-on-one app where we help you become 1% better together. It's an app that helps you break down your goals, achieving your habits and incremental steps. And it helps you celebrate your progress and your momentum with streaks, check-ins, milestones. And with our multi-dimensional approach to a balanced lifestyle, we really help you become 1% better together. So go download it. It's a free app. It'll be linked below. It's only for iOS right now. We're working on getting it in Google Play. But I really believe that this is a -a one-of-a-kind mental health and wellness app that is truly groundbreaking. To give you some like perspective, it's like Noom, but for habit building. And I'm really excited to share this with you. And I'm really excited to get your feedback. So if you download it, you enjoy it, leave us a review. Thank you so much. And on to the episode. Hey, Mary, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, so actually, I came across your content in a way that I usually don't. And it actually started in our email. One of your great assistants actually emailed over, said that you listened to the show. And I started going down the rabbit hole as I always do when I do my research. And I found your story to be so compelling. I mean, not only from just leaving the toxic nine to five, getting your hustle on, making those big bucks. Well, we'll talk about that. But also... You taking your mission to not only empower people, but show people the way how to leave their corporate job. So I really want to start off and commend you there. But I want to give you a second to like, tell us about yourself. Like, how did you find yourself where you are today? And I know that's a loaded question. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is. I'm like, well, I was born and I'm like, it's been a wild ride to tell you the least. So when I think about my journey, so I was a graphic designer years, years back. And I did that freelance while I was in sales and corporate And that was like the biggest piece for me was like, I always wanted to have something. So like I had my freelance business, but it didn't feel like this is what I want to do forever. I didn't, I don't know if I ever knew like, this is what I want to do. Like there was always something. It was like, I want to be a creative director. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I remember just seeing an ad maybe on Instagram or Facebook that was like something about the coaching industry. I realized that I've been coaching my graphic design clients. Like I had people who asked me, how are you selling multi-thousand dollar packages where I'm struggling to sell a $150 logo? So often I notice that like our gifts, because they're so effortless to us, we don't see them as gifts, right? So to me, it was like, well, duh, like you just do. Like you have people that come to you. This is what happens. So I started really like not just giving people like websites and things like that, but like actually coaching them without realizing and then changing their businesses and their, you know, online presence. That started to happen. And before I knew it, I was in LA listening to this person speak about the coaching industry. And I was like, I need to do this. I was always the kind of person that was like, if I want to do something, I'm doing it. And I truly believe that that's what led me here. Like, I don't think I'd be behind the screen (laughs) having this conversation with you if I was like, yeah, I dreamt about it. And then that's it, right? It's like, what's that phrase that's like the graveyard is what holds the most dreams or something like that. That's where most dreams go to die. Like it's so true because it's like how many of us say tomorrow I'll go do that thing. I'll work out tomorrow. Okay. I'll have the piece of cake today. I'll work out tomorrow. I have this vision, but you know, my boss needs something. This isn't a good week to like exit. So next week. And that's what it was like for me. I was in a really toxic 
misogynistic, racist, just horrible environment. And it was this moment of like, I remember walking to the bathroom like 20 times trying to be like, okay, what am I going to do? Okay, he's there. Okay, what am I going to do? I was like, you've got to just do it. You've got to commit. So I put in my two weeks notice. There was this whole ego thing. So he was like, no, you can just leave now, basically. Wow. It was bad. It was bad. So before I know it, here I am, I'm in LA and I'm like, I'm ready to change my life. So the speaker comes on stage. She's like, to work with me. I have this program at $6,000. And at that time I had like 6,100 and something dollars in my checking account. So I'm like, again, like I had all the excuses. I could have been like, no, but I was like, I'm doing this. So it left me with a hundred dollars to my name. I had my trip back to Toronto booked, but nothing else in my pocket. So here I am LA with like no money. <laughs> I just invested in this thing. I'm not even home. Like, I don't know where I am. I just made this big decision. And I'm just like, okay, hopefully this works. It was an eight-week program, I believe. I became like the best student. I showed up on every call. I did the things. And then fast forward, I got on 165 sales calls before closing a single client. Wow. Yeah. And then when I closed her, she wanted a refund within like three hours. So... Here I am, hundreds of calls in. And then I'm like, okay, what do I do? It's my fiance's birthday. We were going to go celebrate. And as we're heading downtown, I'm like, well, babe, this just happened. He's like, it's okay. It'll all work out. Like trying to just like butter it up. It was a lot. Here I am. Okay, what am I going to do? I saw another investment for a mentor is $20,000. And I was like, this might work. This might be absolute crap. But I feel a pull and I want to do this. So I invested my first month. That week, I made $20,000. That year, I made six figures. And then fast forward 2022, we hit our first six-figure cash month and built a multi-million dollar business. Wow. Mic drop. You said so many things that we talk about, but also there is some uniqueness there. And it's I love these conversations because like this is our first time meeting for anyone who doesn't know like I've never met Mary before and I think like the things you say are so in alignment with what I talk about and I would say first and foremost you mentioned like this I like to the way I describe this metaphor is like when you're up at 9 10 11 o'clock and you're daydreaming and you're thinking about things that you really want or things that aren't happening I always say that that could be the most powerful or the most dangerous time in your day If you just have those thoughts and go to sleep and wake up and do nothing about it, the same thing begins to happen. Then you build this habit of longing for the future, of longing for this change, and you never actually take action on it. So how you can actually leverage that late night kind of dreaming, anxiety, whatever you call it, is putting some action behind it. And that's what I hear you doing is all of these things were really scary. I mean, you talked about stretching yourselves, what it sounds like, to like your boundary of comfort. I mean, you use the word investment, but if I could put myself in your shoes for a little bit, I would have been like, I just made a huge purchase. Like, I'm really happy that you made that terminology switch of like, this was an investment because it'll come back to you. So, And what I want to say about that too is like, I yeah. knew it was an investment from day one. And I think this is a big piece is like, I truly believe we are our best investment. A hundred percent. You put your money into anything else, it's still a risk, but you put your money in yourself. It's never a risk. Looking back in hindsight, I can tell you like in the moment I was like, wow, that was a shit investment because I spent all this time. I'm getting on all these calls. I haven't closed a single sale. 
And here I am. Like, what do I do in this moment? Right. But when I look back in hindsight, I'm like, I actually learned so much from that investment. So it's like when you invest in yourself, whether you feel like you got an ROI or you didn't, I can go on in a whole tangent on just like <laughs> this snippet because I truly feel like this is actually what will make or break you. Like the identity work, how you make decisions, not the decision itself. Oh my gosh, that's such a great point. And I always say that like with identity work, I always start with like, you have to believe that you can do it because no one else is going to be able to convince you of that. No one else is going to be able to instill that into you. And to your point, it will dictate pretty much every action that you take beyond that. If you're someone that thinks, I don't belong here, I can't do this, all of your actions that precede that will back that up. So I do have a soft spot for people because I know that that is hard and it's something that I have my moments in, but I'm really good at keeping who I call Kevin, that voice that's really loud and really demanding and wants to kind of talk down to everything you're doing at bay and just start for two minutes. That's what I say on my platform all the time. Just get started you'll be amazed at where you're headed. So I want to talk a little bit more about that. Like, take us back to those investments. Like, take us back to some of that identity work. Like, what did that look like? What were some of the lessons that as you look back that really stood out? Like, man, if I hadn't done that, that I don't know where I'd be today. Like, I want to hear some of those snippets. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So much gold when I look back. So like one is when I look back at the sales calls, because I did this recently, I looked at the calls I did back when I first began this business. And it was very humbling to say the least to like watch (laughs) these back because for so many reasons, but one, I would actually say I don't do sales calls now to close whole other story of how we built our our business, but we now close 50,000 plus packages without a call, typically just a Stripe link. But then, you know, it was all sales calls. So when I was getting on these conversations with people, one of the biggest things I realized was I would say the same thing if I were now, but who I was was a completely different person. Like I actually can't even recognize the person behind the screen. It was like in my tonality, it's in how I ask questions. It was in my confidence. It was in my conviction. It was in like, when I would stutter certain words, like I could see right through and anyone who would actually be an ideal client for me at that time, it wouldn't have been a match. Like it wouldn't, like it just doesn't make sense. It's like you want to you know, be a model for Gucci, but you don't match the look. It's like that. It's like you have to embody this identity before you become a match to then receive those things. And I feel like coming into the entrepreneurial journey, we often see people with these amazing big success stories and you're like, all right, it can happen for me super quickly. And it's like, it can happen and it will happen. And I truly believe that like anyone can do this. Like anyone can make millions But 99% of people won't because the obstacles that you experience, you can't jump them. You can't go under them. You don't want to go through them. Like it's the discipline. It's the continuation of it. So like that was one thing was like my confidence and all of this. When I look back, it's like I had to go through that exact journey. It's like God planted all these obstacles for me to actually build me today. It's like I actually could not be here without those things. So if I look back, hundreds of sales calls, that builds my tenacity to keep going when nothing was working. So it builds my, how do you keep going through lack of evidence? That's what it builds. Then when I closed a sale and then she wanted a refund, like that built my, 
okay, how, how do I handle when people say no to me? So it built my, how do I deal with like rejection? How do I deal when people want a refund? It built my boundaries. How do I want to process refunds? So it's like, you need to go to your edges for you to actually build who you are. And I often say your boundaries need to be tested for you to know what your boundaries are. Like no one goes in and is like, all right, here's what my contract is now going to look like. It's like over and over all those things built my contracts, built how I run sales calls, built how I show up. That just evolved and molded basically who I am. And I think that's so important. And I really appreciate you kind of summating that all together. And I want to wrap in kind of back to your toxic work environment that you left. And I think a lot of people are stuck in this area specifically of feeling like they're nine to five or that toxic work environment. And some regard has something to do with them. And I do think in some regard it does. I think you are what you tolerate. And I think that's a huge lesson of what it taught me. Like people constantly telling me my value, yet I worked for Nike, I've sold startups, like I've generated millions and millions of dollars of revenue. And I would look over and like, I haven't done that for myself. And I started to write this script in my head that, well, maybe I just need to work for someone. Maybe this just isn't for me. When I changed into the entrepreneurial world, all of a sudden I was surrounding myself with people that were reinforcing how valuable I was, reinforcing how essentially, yeah, like valuable I was. And I think that was the biggest thing that was missing from my work environment was no one ever tells you how valuable you are because that's against the patriarchy and the corporate structure. They don't really want you to know your value because then that way they can underpay you. So can you talk about like that experience of leaving? Like you mentioned like going to the bathroom a million times. I used to go to the bathroom a million times for a different reason so that I could like take a mental break. But like, can you talk about that shift in that moment where you're like, this is enough? Yeah, so my last role, I remember it was a very significant time in my life. It was a huge, huge company here. Just like you said, like Nike and those things. I won't name drop the company, but you know, if you're Canadian, you'll know what the company is. And I was in like the highest position and for my age, like it just made no sense. So I remember staying there because I knew it was going to look good on my resume and I didn't want to leave too early because then I didn't want to not put it on my resume. So it was this thing of like validation, actually, of like, I just want the title of I worked here to be on my resume. And I could go into validation as well. Like that is such a whole thing. And I feel like we consistently are either raised in an environment to validate us or not. But for me, it was like, I always seeked approval outside of myself. So it was like my parents' approval of like, yay, sweetheart, you did a good job, pat on the back. And it's like, you do that over and over and over and over. And then what you realize is like, you get the award and then you get it. And then you go for the promotion and then you get it. And then you start a business and then you do it. And then you do this and then you like, it's like, but for what? So that was the big piece for me of like, over time, I started to lose meaning to things and I had to really rebuild, like, why am I doing this? So when I was in my corporate role, yeah, I mean, I did go to the bathroom a lot for mental breaks as well myself, like during the actual position, it was crazy. It got to the point where I was doing some of the photography and my boss was like, okay, are the photos edited, whatever it is. I didn't have time. So the next day I took a sick day and literally worked all day for like 14 hours straight finishing the photos because I knew if I went in and they weren't done, like all hell was breaking loose because they're not done. So I was like, I'm taking a sick day because if I do go in, I will get sick. So I'm like, I'm taking this day to like actually work and then go back. And there was no support there either. It sounds like there was like, there was no support. 
No, I was the only one who did like 17 roles. And it's crazy because, again, if you think of a big company, you don't think this stuff happens in like a massive corporation like this. And being in a role, I was in like the e-commerce department. I did it all. So I created our website, photography. I did it in-store photography. I did it. Like, I still see some of my photos today. <laughs> like. <laughs> Eight, eight, 10 years later. I don't know. Like I still see them. So I'm like, ha, huh. but anyways, there's like that part of me there. That's just like, imagine who I would be. Like when I do see those things, I, it makes me sad sometimes because I'm like, imagine if I stayed a few months longer, imagine if I didn't move like where I'd be today. So it was really like a calling for more. But anyways, there was a breaking point for me where I was just like, I can't do this any longer. And to be quite honest, I felt this probably on day one, but I just kept pushing it, kept pushing it, kept pushing it down because I just didn't want to go. So here I am. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put my two weeks notice. So I did put my two weeks notice. And then I took a day off. I was finishing the photos. I wanted everything to be like complete before I exited. Like I wanted a really clean finish. So I've got my USB. I'm ready to go. And I still have a few more things to finish. It's winter time here in Toronto, so I put my jacket on. I've got like my lunch boxes. I'm now on like the train station heading down. Then I take the streetcar. Then I take the bus. Now I'm here, and then I've got my stuff in my hands. And I walk in, and I see my boss, and he goes, "Come over here," because I look over at my desk and I see my desk is cleared, but it hasn't hit me yet that anything oh is God. happening. So I'm just like <laughs> carrying my stuff, like shaking. Like, what? Is, why is he calling me into the office? What's happening? I still have the USB with me. Like, you're just so frantic. And you get off the streetcar and you're like running. It's cold out. Like, it's a whole thing. And he says, I've put your stuff over here. And he like points at the corner of his office on a floor with like a little garbage bag of like my quote unquote things, which were literally like a couple pieces of paper. And I printed like photography that I did. I printed all that stuff. None of that was there. It was literally like sticky notes and maybe anything else I left. And it was so degrading to like bend down, pick up my stuff, walk out. I was like, please God, do not let me cry in front of this person. I just walked out. I crossed the street. We're at Tim Hortons, which is our like Canadian Starbucks. And I'm sitting there bawling my eyes out, looking like a crazy person because I have all my stuff. And I'm like, where to from here? Like, where do I go? And it was this moment of like, I don't know what's next. And it took a few weeks for me to like recoup of like what just happened. It was always like a one-upping with that specific boss. So it was like, if I put my two weeks, no, you're leaving. Like, and that existed yeah. for like months. So I put my four months in. I remember having someone tell me, oh my gosh, you made it past two months. We've never had someone in this position past two months. <laughs> you're I like, said, uh... what? <laughs> two months? Like in, in corporate lingo, that's like a, a day. Literally. Yeah, literally. So I'm like, two months. I know this guy is bad, but like that bad, it was crazy. So it was one of those moments where I realized maybe I'm not meant to be an employee. Like I've never been a good employee. I was good in the sense of like, I did my job phenomenally. I knew that no one could replace me because I did their in-house photography, their website, like all of these roles. Thank God for my learning that I could do all that. But I knew that would be a very hard skill to fill. But I was like, maybe I'm meant to lead something bigger than this. Maybe I'm not meant to be someone who's given stuff and like I'm now enabling, but maybe I'm meant to like 
be the visionary that creates, that creates the movement, that does the thing. And that's where like things just started to bubble within me. And I started to feel that there was something so much bigger than even me. That's so important. And I really appreciate you sharing that. And I can't relate enough. And I know as people listen to this, they're going to relate not only to the feeling of like pushing it down when you said it in that very way, it was like ignoring that intuition, which we think is just kind of like this far off dream, but also that moment. And I've had multiple in my career where I've essentially fired my boss is what I call it. Cause I don't give even give them the power of saying, right, that they let me go or that I quit. It's like, no, I fired my boss. That's what happened there. It was these moments where I'm, you know, I'm not a crier. I, I, it's not something that I do. But when it happens, I know that something's massively misaligned. And I know that there's a time I need to step back. And really, the handful of times it's happened is in those moments. And I'll tell you, about a year and a half ago, I was laid off from a startup. I was the head of product. Like Things were moving really well. And then all of a sudden, the board made a shift. And the company was gone. And it was three weeks before my wedding. Wow. It was such a moment where it was like, I should be really upset right now. I should be really mad. But all the work I was doing in the back end, I created a TikTok. I was saving more money than I ever had. I was really trying to align myself with this entrepreneurial life one day at a time. Even though I was still working for someone, that moment hit and I was so ready for it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take three months off. I'm just going to go get married. I'm going to go honeymoon. I'm going to go live my life. And what happened was amazing. And I want to get to you too because you started to talk about it is the universe started to align and send people my way. I'm a startup advisor to CEOs. I'm a CPO for her first 100K. I'm a startup uh, advisor. I'm a product advisor as well for a multitude of different companies with equity. And so like all of a sudden, this news kind of ripples out. And I start having these conversations with people. And they're like, wait, you're not working right now? Like, oh, you want to come do this thing? Oh, you want to come do that thing? Oh, you want to help me with here? Like, how much is your retainer? Uh, send me a contract. And all of a sudden, all of these things start flowing in. And I'm like, like you said, I'm like overwhelmed, but in like the best way. Like I see the opportunity, but I see something bigger, which is impact. And that's something that I've really griped with. It's not the money. Like once you have the money rolling in, you're going to increase that. You're going to want more. It's never going to be enough. So you have to take a moment and pause and say, you know, if I had everything I would want right now, why am I doing this? It's to connect and to make impact. And so that is the biggest thing I see you doing. And I commend you so much for it. And it comes through so strong, not only like in your personal branding, but just like having a conversation with you for the last 20 minutes, it comes through so strong. So can you talk to us about like impact and what that means to you today? And maybe kind of bridge that with like talking to to Mary 10 years ago. Like, is this something you would have even imagined? Like, what would you tell her? I want to kind of hear all the things. Oh my gosh. Yes. So like when I think about impact back then, I feel like I thought so small. If I think like 10, 15 years ago, I'm like, I thought if you made a hundred K a year, you were rich, rich. Like you had a Lamborghini. Yeah, rich, you rich, yes. <laughs> and then one day you yes. wake up and you realize, oh, actually that's not a lot of money. Like that'll buy you a lollipop with inflation nowadays. Like hundred percent. not going to buy you much. So yeah. it's like, you realize that like, I feel like every evolution, you start to think bigger and bigger and bigger. First it becomes, I just want to support myself and my, you know, family. And then it's, I want to support maybe my bigger extended family, my brothers, my sisters, my whatever. And then it's like my community. And then it's like, 
But what if it's so much bigger than this? What if this is something that when I'm gone, it carries over? What if this is something that has lineage from the people that came before me and those that come after me? And there's something that's like here that links the two. So it's like, it starts to go bigger and bigger and bigger. And when I think about, just like you said, like, you know, speaking to myself years ago, I feel like the biggest piece is like, you know what you want. Like, you know, if there's something in you that's just like, maybe there's more than there is. If you're like, maybe I've got something coming, then there is. But you just have to follow it and stop suppressing it and actually like use it. And I always say, don't allow fear to paralyze you, allow it to move you. Like fear is the gateway to actually moving and going through these different directions. But so many of us, like when people look at me, they often don't think that I have the same fears that they do. And I'm like, oh, you sure bet I do. Like, we'll drop a program. And I'm like, this won't sell. But each time it's like it sells out. But why would this be any different? But I still have those fears. I have fears that I'm not good enough. Whatever fears I had 10 years ago, I still have. But they're different now. Now I don't allow fears to like knock me out of the game. I allow them to move me. Like I use the fears and that's actually what leads me to my next big growth period. So it's like, use the things. If you're in a corporate world right now, if you're starting your business, like no matter where you are, like you have things that you're afraid of or you're insecure about or things that maybe you don't want to expose people to online or whatever it is, but it's like, what if you just use that? And that actually is your leverage. It's so true. And I think that was the biggest hang up. And I would be lying and remiss to say that I still don't have this feeling of suppressing the maybe when I'm trying to expand. I think it's doubly true that it, you really need a community around you. You really need great people around you to help push you through that phase. And giving yourself grace is everything and realizing that it nothing is linear. It's just a crazy zigzag. And if anything in this business world and in life, you have a J curve where you kind of start and then you have this huge dip of like, maybe I need to slow down and then you start to find your footing. And so I just wanted to really circle back on that because I think that maybe is such a daunting thing. I used to call it, I need to write the ledger. I need to write from steps A to Z, every single thing that I'm going to do and every outcome that I'm going to have in order for me to start with A. And I talk against that in all the talks I do now. I'm like, if you are someone that writes the ledger, you are shooting yourself in the foot because there is someone making a hundred times what you're making and they have no idea what they're doing. The biggest difference is they believe they can and they started. Talk more about that because I think that's such an important thing. Yes, yes, yes. So like when I think about, I remember having a really exponential growth period and I went from a $20,000 month to a multiple six-figure cash month. And then I look at some clients and I've seen the exact same thing. I have a client who went from an 8K month to then a $82,000 month. And then she messaged me, just kidding. It ended up being a $100,000 cash month. It's like, those are 10 time increases. Like those are no joke. That's a crazy amount of growth to be then creating and then sustaining after that. So when I look at those growth periods, it's like, if I compare my highest cash months and my lowest cash months, it's like... My highest cash months are the days and months that I had the most fun. I didn't even know what was going on half the time. And I was just dropping offers, doing things. And I was like, I was not like on and like sitting at my desk and like typing notes and like doing things. And then my lowest cash months were me looking at those months going, what did I do there? Let me reverse engineer and create it. But those months were created in magic and miracles. So how could I possibly recreate something that was never created by me 
in the first place. It was a co-creation with people seeing my magic, me being in my magic, and then just like boom, boom, boom. And I think about it like popcorn. If you put popcorn in the microwave, it's like for two minutes-ish straight, it's like nothing happens. And often what people do is like they put the popcorn bag in, like obviously not literally, but they put it in. It's not working. It's been 10 seconds. Take it out. All right. New bag. Put it in. It's not working. Take it out. Okay, fine. I'll leave it in for 40 seconds. Nothing. And it's like, if you just left it in, let it do its magic. It's like in the last 10 seconds, it's like going like wildfire. And that's exactly what I feel like when I'm in flow. And when I'm just like, what would excite me? Like the difference between my lowest cash month was like, what should I do today? Highest cash month. What do I want to share with the world today? What do I want to say today? There's like a a zing, a spice, like a power when you show up like that. And it's like, I have clients who make millions of dollars and clients who take a little bit longer to grow in their businesses. And they do the same things. They'll go on Instagram. They'll go on Facebook live. Like tactically, it's the exact same But what they're doing, who they're being, their conviction, their confidence, their power is completely different. No, it's so key. And I'm taking that analogy because it's so true. And I feel like now in my life, I've bought like 10 microwaves and 10 bags of popcorn are all sitting and popping at the same time. And that's like the true power. And I I honestly don't think you realize how much that analogy hit because it's it's so true. Like we're our, and that also shows that you're your worst enemy. Like at the end of all of this, it's not the naysayer online that you maybe fear. It's not the mad customer that asks for a refund. That you, it's, it's not, not the popcorn bag. bag. It's not the ideas. Not the, it's you. It's you like full stop. So I think that's such an important lesson. And I think if you take anything from this. That's a huge point. And I'll say one more thing on that too, is like, when we say it to you, that was the other piece. When I look at the 6K investment I made and my $20,000 investment, it's like, again, when I said it's not the investment, it's how I made it. What I really mean about that is I take ownership of everything I do in business. My clients don't pay my team. I pay my team. So if clients aren't paying and we have 700 defaults, that's on me. That's not on my clients. My team, the other week, we had our best masterclass I've ever done, and the videos were gone. Somehow, someone didn't catch them. Someone was supposed to delete it. Someone else didn't upload it. And then I remember being in that meeting, being like, what? You're saying the best masterclass I've ever done is gone. And I have like the best tech people. So if they can't find it, I know it's like, it's actually gone. So I'm sitting there, and in a moment, I'm like, what is this here to show me? And I was like, what if this was never meant to be experienced packaged because the magic of that couldn't be packaged? It had to be a live only experience. And then I was like, ooh, the training was called Revival. So I was like, the Revival Remastered. And then there was something else that came up. And then I wrote a post in the group around this thing that we were creating. And like before I closed the tab, 50 plus people were like, send me the link. I'm ready to buy it. Ready to buy it. Ready to buy it. Send the links. I'm like, okay, hold on. I need to tell my team what's happening now. And it was like, because I shifted my identity, I could have been really easily in that moment, like, okay, done with the day. I'm going to have like a glass of wine, sit on the couch, watch Netflix. Like I can't deal with this right now, but I step in and I take full ownership. Like that is not my team's fault. That's on me. When you take ownership like this, and it's hard to do that because you're like, but Mary, that's not actually on me. Like they should have uploaded. Like we have these like little baby conversations with ourselves and it's like, but actually if you take ownership, you can control it. If you don't, you're completely powerless. And it allows you to move forward too, which is the most powerful thing. It allows you to just, 
you know, your brain stops hyper-focusing on, well, what went wrong? It's like, no, I'm taking, we went wrong, we're fixing it. And I think that's such yes. an important lesson. And it's like move with curiosity. So like, I'll ask myself questions that are really curiosity focused, not, well, what went wrong? It's like, what is this here to show me? Absolutely. You know, that's so pivotal and key. It's all about how you frame things. And it's, a continued journey. Like some days I wake up and I'm really shitty at framing things. I'm I'm framing things in a negative way. And then other days I'm a lot better. I think the key is becoming more consistent, which is something I've seen not only in myself, but my accountability friends that, that I have all over the world. When you look at your ecosystem now, I mean, it's not just about scaling businesses rapidly on social, the Mary Morgan show, a team you're building. Like what does that bigger impact for you look like in the next year, the next six months? I never ask like five years out because we just don't know what's going to happen. But like, what is it ultimately that you're building toward? And I want to know because I want our community to support you. Like, what is it that you're building toward? What is that bigger vision? Yeah, my biggest desire is really allowing people to tap into not just more money and wealth, because I truly believe that, you know, we set goals and we create intentions so that we achieve something often. It's like I started a business because I wanted to make a certain amount of money to feel freedom, to feel this, to feel that. So my biggest piece is like, you'll have all that and you still won't feel complete because you were searching for that to begin with. So my biggest mission is allowing people to not only desire more, but like have the time of their freaking life on the journey to more. So like, that's the biggest piece is like, because you'll get to the top of the mountain and then you're like, oh, wait, I was supposed to check out the view this whole time. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, shit. I can't see. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's exactly it. I remember being on a drive with my fiance and I fell asleep the whole car ride. And he was like, babe, you missed the best scenery oh my gosh, like it was gorgeous. And I think he tried to wake me up, but I was like, stop it. Like, I just want to sleep. sleep and yeah. it was like, this is what we do. So it's like, I don't want to just take people to the destination. And then you're like, wow, beautiful. Like, great. I want you to have the best freaking time of our lives together. Like pop on the music. We've got the sunroof open. We're ju like jumping out the windows. We're, we're doing the whole thing. We've got the pit stops. We're having fun. Like you're actually enjoying it. And then when you get to the destination, you realize it was never about the destination. It was literally about the journey. Like that is my biggest intention for people is not about just more, but the journey to more. Change your mind, change your life. Mary, thank you so much for sharing the wisdom today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Unstucked podcast. Visit us at unstucked.com and follow us on TikTok at Unstucked.